That is fun. Hi, good morning. It is good to be here. This is family. I, I feel so relaxed here. Uh, it's absolutely awesome. Love you guys. Um, I love everything that you're doing. I look around and see all the familiar faces, and uh, it's just good to be here. It was good to, we didn't get any turkeys, but I got to hang out with a couple of them, and uh, the brothers, and um, it was just such a fun time. Uh, we were at Matt's cabin, Matt and Amy's cabin, and uh, just what a peaceful, beautiful, awesome place, and we've been building a house, well, re tearing down it's a 1925 farmhouse that's been abandoned for 30 years, so you could imagine. So tearing down more than we wanted to and now rebuilding, and it's every day that we're not working, and I'm there working, and it's just constant. And so it was good to just to go out and, like, chill. It was fun and, and chase turkeys but and be with turkeys. So that was cool. Um, thanks for having us. We, we really, really, really do. This place has a special place in our heart. It does feel like family. I'm not just saying that. Uh, it's just good to be here, so... Do you want to say anything, or do you want to just jump in? Hi. I don't know if it's on or not. Do I need to turn it on? I'm sometimes challenged with these Hello. devices. Um, hi. Glad to be here, you guys. Uh, man, it feels so good here this morning. I, I looked at Nicole, and I'm like, wow, you guys have done a great job in the last two years building family. Like, it feels so good as we come in this morning and had worship and watching you guys interact, like, I think sometimes when you're not in the middle of it, um, you don't realize, like, how much family is being built, how much culture is being built. But from the outside, you know, like, it was awesome last time I was here, but just coming back, um, it's been two years since we've been here, you guys have done a lot of bonding and a lot of building and a lot of accepting each other and growing, and it's it felt so good here today, just coming in and watching you guys connect with one another and connect with the Lord, and so... Way to go. Yeah. Way to be amazing. Yeah, you. Way to be wonderful. Yeah. Um, so good. Yeah, yeah, so good. So good. So I'm encouraged. Want to do some words? Yeah, we would want to give a, a few prophetic words today, and then Scott's going to jump in and give a message. So yeah. We just want to encourage you guys. Um, it's fun when someone comes from the outside and gets to encourage you, right? It's someone that you don't get to see all the time. So um, uh, uh, first of all, um, Robert and Leah and Cheryl were all up front here. And uh, and I was behind you guys, and I was like, my heart was just as Leah. There you are, and there's Robert. Okay, uh, my heart was just kind of swelling uh, with just kind of like I could feel, and I gave Leah a word, um, but I could feel like the heart of the Father over you guys as you stood up here in worship. I'm getting emotional right now, and I just felt like I was supposed to just give you a like from up here a well done. Um, you guys just bring an energy, a love for Jesus. Uh, you know, like you, you are uh, uh, you are pillars in this place, and you just bring it up front. You were worshiping in spirit and in truth, not for anybody else's entertainment, but you're just here worshiping. And I just felt like I was just supposed to tell you, well done. Like, <laughs> how good is that? You know, <laughs> so good. Um, yeah, I, I was standing there, and I just had all this emotion in me. Not uh, not so much from me. But I could feel it from the Father's heart of like, come on, good job. Um, and just who you bring as the family, you know, and, and who you are as the family and what you bring as family here is just such a support and stability to everything that goes on here. And uh, even if even if 
um, you didn't say a word. You know, the, the kingdom of heaven is not a matter of talk, but of power. There's something released from you that's powerful, just being who you are in this environment. And, and I know you do more than that ever, but even just being here, it's like, good job, well done. And then, uh, Leah, if you want to stand up, I want to just reiterate the word, because I felt in my heart that I was supposed to say it in front of everybody. There's something about, you know, I was reminded um, our kids, whenever they have awards at school, we make sure we're there. We drop everything. Wolves. I'm, I mean, I'll, I'm not coming in today kind of thing, and we go, because there's something special about having your family celebrate you when you get an award. And I felt like it was like that with this word. Like, I felt like your family needed to hear the word, because there's something about uh, seeing you get celebrated by heaven and just hearing the word that adds uh, perspective to everybody in the room where they get to celebrate you too. So um, I already told you this, but uh, when you were worshiping, um, we we ripped down a good chunk of this house, old 1925 farmhouse. We had to tear it down because it just had, it needed to go. And um, the fun part was when we ripped the kitchen out and the floor out, uh, there was something hidden under the kitchen that we didn't know about, and it was an old well from 1925. We had a well from 1970-something, we don't really know, but sometime around there outside that we got going and, and ended up getting the water good in it and all that and inspected by the county, all that. We got that going, so we had water on the property. But this was a surprise. Months later, as we tore the kitchen off, we found this huge old well, opened it up, and it's a hole about this wide. I mean, there's little footsteps carved in the side where the guy climbed out that was digging it. Like, yeah, they weren't, they weren't, they weren't drilling. Like, it was 1925, so they're digging that thing. You could see shovel marks down the entire side of this huge well. And uh, it was a surprise to us. Like, whoa, there's a hidden well under the kitchen. And for us, it was such a prophetic sign of a hidden well under our house. And I felt like the Lord impressed on me that, that you, you have a deep well inside yourself. And that well from 1970-something is, a, 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 I think it's called a drilled well. So it's smaller, and it goes down like 300 feet or some crazy thing like that. This other one's a board well, they would call it, or a dug well. And it's huge, and it was just hidden. And I felt like the Lord said, you have a deep well within you, but there are hidden wells inside of you. And this is, this is the year for Leah. And this is the year of Leah where you are going to discover the new things that God has hidden for you in you. And he is in, he, God is in a season of discovery with you, and he's excited about it. I could see he's excited about it. And even though you're not the youngest of the siblings, you bring, uh, you have a, a, a special, uh, a childlikeness about you that you bring, not just to the family, but around you. Um, and your smile is like, you know, it's like a daughter's smile. It's, it's just awesome. And so this is your year. This is your year to fully uh, be you. This is your year to fully um, find your voice once again in new places and um, God is excited to discover the new things in you that he's hidden for you for a time such as this. Like, they've always been there, but he's hidden them for you to find with them a time of discovery, hidden wells of water that's going to bubble up out of you. So we bless you. This is your year. This is your time. And it's good. Oh. I love that. It's awesome. Um, okay, I apologize if I call you out and I don't know your name. I'm, I'm really bad with names and faces, so I apologize. Um, but right right Maybe. sitting next to the worship leader, dark hair. Yes, you. Um, oh. What's your name? Amanda. Hi. You look familiar. I'm sure we've had conversation before. I apologize. Um, I saw the Lord and he, you know how, like, have you ever seen where somebody, like, ties a string around their finger to, like, remember something? 
um, I saw you had like tied the Lord like tied a string around your finger um, and and I felt like the Lord was he was wanting you to remember um, him like he it was like his a sign of like him with you but it was his love for you and there's just something in this season that he's he's walking with you deeper he's walking with you in a way that is is like permeating every part of you like every time you know you everywhere you turn it's like he wants you to remember he's there every th thought you think he's like I'm here with you I he, he's elevating like all, your mind and your thoughts and your emotions on a level that um is, is upgrading you in just a way I feel like it's it's never even been upgraded before um, as a daughter and uh, I'm really excited for you because I feel like he loves you so much and he has so, he's so for you and I feel like this season is just a season of upgrade like just everything in your life um, is there's just so much permission in the spirit over you where you're like is God for me yes like every, everywhere you look he's wanting to remind you like hey I'm here just like that just like that string um, you would wrap around your finger to remem remember, like, oh, to do this. He's wanting to tell you, like, hey, remember, I'm for you. I'm with you. Uh, you're my daughter. Like, do I have permission to do this? Yes. Is God for me? Yes. Does he want this for me? Yes. Does, does he, you know, does he have me back? Yes. Um, can I do this? Yes. And so there's just so much that he's wanting to, like, ingrain in your thoughts about yourself um, because I feel like he there's just, yeah, this belief that he's wanting you to believe in yourself, because um, I feel like he has something really awesome for you, but it is going to be you believing in yourself for you to be able to, like, step through that threshold. Is this making sense? And so there's so much permission for you, um, and so I feel like there's some things that you've been dreaming about, or things that you've been asking, or questions, and like, I don't know if I should go for it, or whatever, but God is so for you, and um, I feel like he's just, like, trying to like wait kind of getting you like come on let's go you've got this and so um, I just want to bless you I just want to just speak over you that he is so for you and every every thought would be um, every thought in your mind would be that yes over over your life um, because he does believe in you and he's you are capable enough you are good enough you are um, smart enough you're wise enough you are strong enough you have what it takes. I don't know what it is that you're wanting to, the new adventure to do, but you have what it takes and he's for you. And I just even feel like provision coming for you. I want to speak provision over you, whatever the dream is in your heart, that you would have the support, whether that's taking care of children or taking care of needs um, on a practical level, that you would have whatever it is that you need to, um, to go after those dreams. And so I just speak that over you in Jesus' name. And yeah, I just bless you. Come on. Yeah. Uh, the, what's your name in the very back corner? You're, you're the only dude in the corner right there. <laughs> huh? John, John. You held the door open for me. Yes. Can you stand up? Awesome. Well, um, I just, I felt like I was supposed to just, uh, just affirm you um, that you are a good son. Um, and, and I just felt like, uh, I just, it's something about family that I just feel the father's heart in this place for you guys. So, uh, once again, um, I just feel, I was, I was standing up here, you were highlighted again and, uh, you gave me a fist bump when it came in and, um, just, you are a good son. Uh, you are a good son. Like let that sink in a bit, you know, 
this is my son in whom I'm well pleased is what the father said over Jesus and I just feel that same heart over you you're a good son and you're a good dude and um and I just see that like I see the Lord uh diving deep into that sonship thing with you right now like um uh, yeah just going deep and I saw out of that uh, this anointing welling up inside of you to be um, a good father to people that are not yours uh, and and just to be that place of stability to be that place of um, encouragement to be that place of you got this kind of thing uh, there's something about you that's uh, calming and um, and secure when I walked in you just like you, you take up your own you're a big dude you take up your own space, but um, but I just see like there's there's an anointing on you, and I saw that anointing developing even more right now, and the Lord calling you out in that that it's time for you uh, uh, to not only um, think and see things like a father, but to speak things like a father intentionally to the people around you even more than you already do, um, and see yourself as that, like you are called to be a father from a place of sonship, and and so uh, so many people are going to receive um, not just affirmation, but a security within themselves as you speak the heart of the Father over them and just be you over them, like coming up to somebody with the, hey, I see you kind of thing, you know, and, and just giving them that affirmation. And it's such an important job, the job of a father. Uh, fathers release identity and fathers release security and provision and all those things over people. And, and I just see the Lord trusting you and your heart to do those things, not just in this environment, but in life. So we bless you right now as a son and we bless you as a father and we bless the anointing on your life. Uh, to wear that, like almost like a, a, the crown of a king, to wear the fathership thing on your shoulders. In Jesus' name. Good. This girl right here, what's the blonde girl? What's your name? Grace, is it okay if I give you a word? Um, I don't know. Who, who's, whose daughter are you? Okay, is that okay if I give her a word? I just feel like you're a queen. Like, you have such a, just a royal anointing on you. And um, there's, yeah, I just feel like there's such an influencer anointing on your life to walk in this, like, uh, this regal anointing um, to to just rule and reign. Like, I just feel like you're somebody that um, that God has put his mouthpiece on to... Um, to speak his words and to speak his truth. And I feel like you're, you're going to be an influencer. Um, I don't know if that's in your heart to be an influencer, whether that's like through like, um, Instagram or like whether that's through motivational speaking or whatever that is, I don't know what's in your heart, but I just feel like that is something that you're going to be doing is inspiring people and speaking truth to people. Um, but I just see that the Lord is putting like I saw the Holy Spirit wrap around you like a shawl, like just wrap around you. And in those times where you feel, because as an influencer, a lot of times you feel really exposed um, because you're seen. And it feels, that's, that can feel really scary, you know, like to be so seen, so public, so blah. And um, I just saw the Holy Spirit wrapping around you in those times and just bringing peace. And so I just, I feel like in this season, you're going to be really finding your groove in finding security in him in the times where you feel like, oh, maybe anxiety or just even stress, like being able to rest in your place as a daughter um, f 
from him because that's where your worth is, you know, in him. But you you have a, a justice anointing on you to speak truth and to be inspiring and to bring value to people, like, because your value, like, you know your value from the Father. And so you just naturally, just people look to you to, like, oh, what does value look like? Because you carry it. And, um, and so you naturally demonstrate it. And so whether you like it or not, people are looking at you as a queen. And so, um, you know, you demonstrate that already. And so I just want to encourage you to lean back, find your peace in him. You're, you're already loved. You're already valued in him. And, and, and know that that's just who you are. You're going to be giving away value to people. Like you're going to be demonstrating what it looks like to be a powerful woman. And that's that's who you are, and it's awesome, and it's beautiful, and you are somebody that has a voice of truth, and you are somebody that has a voice of value, and you have favor on your life, and I feel like you will always have favor on your life, whether, whatever job you end up doing, you will have favor on your life, because God gave you that favor, and um, I just pray wisdom over you, that you would know how to walk in that from early days on, it would be easy for you, <laughs> and, um, and peace over you, and I just see the Holy Spirit, just he's, he loves you so much, He's so, he's so obsessed with you. He just loves you. And I just bless your relationship with him that you would find all of your value in him and all of your worth in him because he so loves you. I can't wait to see what you do with your life. Good. Come on. Good? Yeah. Love you. All right. Am I, do, am I, am I stuck up here? Am I okay to move? Okay. I can't stay in one spot. It's just my brain doesn't work unless I'm moving. So I need to come down here with you guys. feels a lot better. Uh, is there, there's no video guy, right? So that's easy? Or there is. Where is he? Oh, they're, ca- they're like robo cameras? Good luck. I move a lot. I was in, uh, I was, where was I? I was in New Zealand once, and they had this um, screen. on the, they had the, First of all, it was the largest tent in the southern hemisphere which was wild and I had a prophetic word when I was in first year school ministry in 2001 the Lord showed me in this thing called a youth explosion and then just a few years ago I was in New Zealand and they said hey do you want to speak at this thing you have a day off and I said sure it's a youth thing and sure and I went there and it was called youth explosion you know almost 20 years later I didn't know what that meant when God showed me and it was like 5,000 kids in a tent that is the biggest tent in the southern hemisphere. And so you can imagine this thing's so big, it's like a <laughs> it's like the inside of a mall with no walls. It's just a massive circus tent. And the one whole entire wall was this stretched screen that was so huge. It's close up of me from here up. I, you know how distracting that is to see your head the size of a like five billboards next to you, next to me. Not behind me, right here. So if I'm walking, it's following me, and it's turning, and I'm like, that's what the back of my head looks like? The weirdest thing ever. But I thought it was so fun because they had to zoom out a little because I moved so much. So the camera guy's like, dang it, because he's way back there. And uh, and so I did this. I was walking this way, and then I, I did this, and then I went down like that. And he was like, and it's a dark tent because they got big lights, and he's, you could just see the camera on the screen scrolling back and forth. We're all laughing. He's like, ah, and then I pop up in the camera. He's like, oh, gotcha. Dude, it's the funnest thing ever. It was awesome. The poor camera guy's like, oh, no, I'm going to lose my job. <laughs> uh, gave him one of those. It broke his ankles on the camera. It was awesome. 
Uh, once again, good to be here. Love you guys so much. Um, I love where you're at in this whole thing. So if you're if you're new and you don't know, or you miss church, uh, there, it's been worship, grow, go. And so you guys have spent what I was told. You guys have spent time in each one of these, which this one right here is my favorite one. Um, worship and then grow. That's what Lacey and I have devoted our lives to, walking with people and uh, trying to be a strength and good energy towards their growing, you know, just like put in the extra energy to help people grow in the Lord. So we love that so much. And then go is just one that's been following me since I got saved. And uh, I'm not an evangelist. I'll be the first one to say it. But I, I have a heart for people, and the biggest thing about that is I have a heart for Jesus, and Jesus deserves the reward of his sacrifice. And not only that, but I was, I was, a, I mean, I was a drug dealer punk kid that was living in the gutter, and God said, I choose you, and, and I had to look around to see who he was talking to, right? Like, who? You know, when you, when you call people out for prophetic words, everybody always turns around to see if it's the person behind him. It's, it, no, it's you. No, you. No, the blue shirt. No, like, God had to explain to me, like, no, I'm talking to you, because I didn't feel like I had any worth, and he called me out of the gutter, and he put me in a family, and he loved me, and his message to me was always, I love you, son, and I try to remind him of all the things that I'd done that were not worthy of love, and he would just say, I love you, son. He didn't want to have that conversation with me because he knew something I didn't know, that love doesn't just cover a multitude of sins, but heals the trauma of the past and redirects a person's light because it gives them hope and a security in him. And so since I've experienced that, my heart is for everyone that doesn't know that love to experience that love because they're missing out on the greatest thing you can ever experience on this side of eternity and the other side of eternity, right? Like, it is, love is the only eternal motivator on the planet. Fear is temporary. It only motivates you when it's in your face. Ah, the minute it goes away, you're like, oh, good. It's gone, right? And the church for so long has used fear. Not this church, but the, the bigger picture of the church through the years has used fear to keep people's seats in the butts in the seats, not seats in the butts. Butts in the seats. Can you say butts here? We did. We just did. Twice. Three times, maybe. But they use fear to keep people in the seats. And the minute they stop using fear, people are out the door. Because that was the only thing keeping them around. And love is the only eternal motivator on the planet. Love is the only thing that goes into eternity. Everything else fades away. Prophecy and all this other stuff kind of just fades away. But love is the thing that resides. Why does love reside? Because God is love. And if you've been here for a while, you've heard probably all my messages because I have one message. And there's just different stories that pop in and out of that one message. But you've heard all my, so you might hear some things you heard before. Come on, I have too. I've heard them all before too. So you get to be with me on that one. Yeah, I forget most of them. Then I tell them again and I'm like, oh yeah, that was awesome. And, uh, <laughs> but God is love. Love isn't something that God, you know, randomly feels or participates. Like God is not swayed by emotion. God's not part of this emotional movement of, well, if I feel it, then it must be true. Like, God is love, and you can't change that about him. He is fully secure in who he is, and he is fully in control of who he is. God is love. He's always love. You can't take love away from God. And you can't take God away from love. You just wouldn't have it. He is love. It would be like taking God out of himself. 
God is love. That's good news for all of us. He is perfect love. He's not the world's definition of love. He's not our created picture of what love is. He's not lust. He's not attraction. He is love. It's pure and perfect love without any foul motivation in it, without any self-serving motivation in it. It is selfless love. Selfless love that would walk the cross to its final resting place, knowing that he was sacrificing for something worth sacrificing for. How amazing is that? He didn't sacrifice for a club, right? Like, this is not a club. This is not a, <laughs> this is not a membership. This is not an elite thing. Like, oh, you're, you're the elite. You're the, you're, the, you're the chosen few that get to come in here, and the rest of them, well. <laughs> like, he sacrificed because God the Father loved his kids. God is love, and he loves his kids. For God so loved, doesn't say the church, doesn't say Christians, doesn't say the chosen, the world that he gave. And he didn't just give like, oh, yeah, I think I got 10 bucks, right? He's like, oh, let me, let me see what I got in here right now, right? No, God went to the bank account and said, empty it out. God gave his only. He didn't have 10 of them. His only. Because he saw, this is, this is the part that pushes buttons because the church doesn't like to preach this one a lot because he saw your worth. God Jesus didn't sacrifice on the cross to give you worth. Jesus sacrificed on the cross to show your worth that was seen in you. God loved you so much that he gave. The word redemption, redeem. Like there's, there, there's, there's a, a, the, the idea of worth already there, right? It's not, I'm going to pay this money for something that's worth nothing, and then it'll be worth something maybe, or no, it'll just be, it'll always be trash, but thank God for me, God, right, right, thank me for me. <laughs> what did he, no, he saw worth in you, so he gave according to the worth that he had already placed in you, and it's not just for us. I had a neighbor, so, you know, I, I was a bad kid. And uh, there was a lady that lived next door to me, and uh, at the time she was an old lady, and now I'm getting closer to her age, and I'm like, wow, <laughs> when I was young, everybody was old, right? And now I'm just, I'm, I'm going to be 42 in July. I was, I've been saying 42 for a whole year now, and then on my hunting license, I looked down, and it said I was 41, and I'm like, oh, they got it wrong. And then I was like, no, I've been wrong for the whole this whole half a year I've been saying I'm 40. I'm only 41. Wow. Anyway, the lady that lived next door to me, um, I used to sell her uh, medicine. <laughs> I used to sell stuff to her that I sold to everybody else, right? And, um, and then I got saved, and, and now all of a sudden she lives next to me still, but I'm not the drug dealer. I'm, I'm like the love dealer. Like, I would just go to her house, and I would talk to her about Jesus, and I would tell her all the testimonies that were happening. I got saved, and no one told me it wasn't normal to be supernatural. I thought it was normal, right? And then I, and then I started going to more churches, and I'm like, oh, that's not normal. 
normal. <laughs> but <laughs> that's a whole other message. But I was, it was normal to be supernatural. And so I would go and I would tell her the testimonies of things that were happening out on the streets, not in the church, but out on the streets. I would pray for people and random crazy things would happen. They would get healed and they, they would get saved and all this stuff. And so I would just go next door and I would tell Linda the stories, all the stories that would happen. And uh, she would just eat them up. And I remember Linda giving her life one time. It was like months into this. She gave her life to Jesus right there in her living room. It's beautiful, right? And then she was surrounded because the uh, Kilalas, which Chris Kilala is one of the Jesus culture worship leaders, lived next door to her. Lacey and her mom lived across the street from her. And I lived on the other side next door to her. Now, once I got saved, it, it, was, it was, sorry, Linda, you have no chance. Like, you can run, but you cannot hide. She, she wouldn't be able to run fast enough, right? She was surrounded. The Lord had set her up. And so she, I mean, it was crazy. Like, Lisa Kilala and Lacey's mom, Cheryl, would have, like, Bible studies at her house now. Like, she was pinned in, hemmed up on all sides. And every time she'd see one of us, it was something about God or something. Like, she couldn't escape. And she had this dream one night, and I thought it was so profound. Because in the dream, all the faucets were on in her house. I don't really have a message. I'm gonna, can I just talk from the heart? I, don't, I don't really don't have a message. I just thought, you're going with go. We've been doing this for a while. Let's just be a family and have a talk, right? And so she, was, uh, she had this dream. She was in her house, and all the faucets were on. The bathtub was on. The shower was on. All the sinks were turned on. Everything was turned on. And her house started filling with water because those things were all overflowing. So the house started filling with water. And it was so good. She loved it, right? And so the house started filling more and more and more with fresh water, she said. It was just good water. And it just kept filling and kept filling. Pretty soon the house filled all the way up. And the house started to swell with fresh water. All the windows and doors were closed. So the house started to swell. And then she, ha she had this feeling in her heart if I don't let some of this water out of my house, all the faucets are going to shut off. And she knew the water was so good. And she, brand new Christian, like this is in our DNA. Brand new Christian, I sit down with her and she tells me this whole thing and she goes, I said, what do you, I thought I knew what it meant, but I was like, what do you think that means? And she's like, I think that I need to share all this good stuff that God's doing in my life. He's doing so many good things in me. I feel like I need to share it because I'm afraid if I don't share it, it's just gonna, just gonna shut off. And the truth isn't that God shuts his love off to you, but the truth is this. When we become consumer Christians, which is what the Western, Western Christianity is really, really, really going towards, when we become consumer Christians, we shut off a faucet in ourselves that is meant to flow to the world around us. It's not God shutting off what he's pouring into you. It's us shutting off the awareness that you are not just a seat filler on Sundays. You are a powerful person. You are the light of the world, Matthew 5 says. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. You cannot be hidden. You are meant to stick out where you go. You don't take a lamp and put it under a basket, right? This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Put it under your basket. Oh, no. I'm going to. Why? Because it's not of this little light. It's an all-consuming fire. Oh, no for the basket. Oh, no. There went the basket. That, I, I love that person that wrote that song. I don't know who they are. Somebody was related to him in one of the. <laughs> I've said that so many times. Somebody was related to him in a service I was in. And I was like, oh, sorry. Because I used to say, I hate that song. 
It's just so wrong, this little light of mine. It's not this little light of mine. It's this light of the world, right? Like, Matt has a flashlight that will burn the retinas right out of your eyeballs. That's a flashlight. He could turn it on. You can go five miles away. You won't see it. The light of the world. You're not even that flashlight that will literally burn the sight out of your eyes. If you, you, I went to go outside, and I accidentally shined it on the wall on the way out the door, and I was like, I couldn't see when I walked outside. I was like, oh, my gosh. It's a flashlight. Imagine what you have inside of you. The light of the world. You're not meant to be hidden. You are the light of the world. Uh, being, doing what Lacey and I have done for the last 20 years, um, we've got to go to a lot of churches and see a lot of stuff, and we've seen so many just amazing uh, miracles in churches. Uh, people, I mean, Australia, a lady that was in her final week of life, and she showed up to church and um, didn't even believe in healing, and honestly was afraid to get healed because she thought, if I get healed, then my kids will not get the sum of money that's meant to go to them. And, oops, because <laughs> she got healed in the service. Massive brain tumor that was taking up a large percentage of her, of her brain. And she got healed in the service, went back to the doctor, and the doctor doesn't know what to do. I mean, I'm looking at people. We've got testimonies that we share. I'm looking at people. You had your feet crushed and metal pins in your feet, right? Didn't you? One, Yes. And, and, your, and her foot was all messed up. And we have, I remember that little video we did. Because uh, God just healed your feet. Like metal pin gone. Like what the heck is that? It's crazy, right? But we, we have testimonies in here that have happened. And I, I, know, I know some of them. It's so fun. And we got to, like, these guys and me and Matt, we went to the Vineyard Church that wasn't a Vineyard Church. And I was talking about how great the Vineyard Church was. And they're like, we're not a Vineyard Church. I'm like, dang it, Matt. You told me it was a Vineyard Church. <laughs> But anyway, but we saw so many miracles there. There was a girl there that had something with brain tumors or something like that, and she ended up getting healed of that kind of stuff. Like It was just like all this crazy stuff is happening. And, uh, Jesus culture in Chicago, like it was this huge arena, and uh, we prayed for people, and I didn't realize it, but I was. they told me be done around 12. I was supposed to be off the stage at 12 because the union starts charging $1,500 like every five minutes, every time you go after 12. I was like, oh, Lord. They just told me to be done around 12. Well, at 12 o'clock, some people, when I'm getting ready to wrap up, bring this girl up who's bawling her face off, and they're all crying too, and they're like, you got to hear this story. Like, there's 17,000 people. It's not like a church service where you just come up like, this is an arena packed, and I'm on a stage like this tall, and huge lights and speakers and everything, and they're coming up like, hey, you got to hear this. So I'm thinking, man, if they're going to interrupt this, it's got to be awesome. So, and I have a little bit of preacher ADD. Like, if you come up and talk to me, I'm, me and you are talking now, and we forgot about everybody else in the place. <laughs> so I'm like, what's going on? And they tell me she was born deaf. Her youth group has been praying for her for years and years and years. She's sitting in the service, and we're talking about miracles, and her ears pop open. And she's bawling her eyes off because imagine this. You've never heard in your life. And the first, one of the first things she hears is we tell the testimony from the stage and 17,000 people go, ah. she's like, I mean, her face, her mouth was so open. She was like, just looking around, plugging her ears. I could imagine. It was loud for me. My ears were like, whoa, 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 whoa. And she's just hearing. 
and that's what she hears. I remember all these crazy testimonies, man. A girl in Reading had a 40% curve in her spine, no muscles to hold her back up. She had a plastic brace from here down that would hold her up because the muscles couldn't do it, and they were trying to do the best they could, but her spine kept curving more and more through the years. And she's standing there in Reading, and she feels her back pop. These are testimonies with no prayer. It's just talking about the goodness of God, just talking about the power of God. Her back pops, her youth groups around her, they help her take the brace off. Usually if they take the brace off, you're holding her up. Well, they had to help hold her up even with the brace on, but you're holding her up because she doesn't have any muscles. It's like she'll just crumble. And she stands up straight for the first time with a straight spine. How cool is that? This is not the gospel of Jesus Christ is not just like, oh, that's good news, like, you know, Alabama beat Ohio or whatever, you know, like, that's not, it's not just good news where we're like, yeah, thank God, now these guys don't get to make fun of me as much, and, uh, okay, so you guys beat us too, whatever, we just share, we share in greatness, okay, I'll read the room, <laughs> Lacey said, read the room, I know, people start throwing stuff at me, you can't throw stuff at me when I'm talking about Jesus, you have to wait till after, um, it's not just good news, like, oh, that's cool that happened. Oh, like our insurance, you know, we saved money on in our insurance this year. Good news. Woo. Like, the good news of Jesus is the power of heaven pointed from your life to the world around you. When I first got saved, was, you know, the Bible said, go and preach the gospel. And I thought preaching the gospel was I needed to memorize scripture. And I'm like, I'm going to suck at this because I can't memorize, like memorizing scripture. That felt like a test to me. And I'm like, I know a verse for God so loved the world, right? And I knew another one. Jesus wept. <laughs> like, I got it. Now I know a couple more, right? But I thought preaching the gospel meant I needed to memorize scripture and then go out and 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 preach it like just word for word and I thought oh my gosh I'm gonna be horrible at this and people kept saying you're called to preach the gospel and I'm like I don't know that I am like I got kicked out of high school I'm not sure I'm the guy to memorize things and tell people what they say right and it's not that at all preach the gospel is the good news the active nature of God moving in your life and you share the testimony of what Jesus is doing in you in this community in the people around you the good news is what he's actively doing preach the gospel how is he good to you how does he love you well I can tell you what I'm a golden arrow straight and true and there was a time I was in the gutter and I was bent and I was ugly and I had no self-worth and he said I choose you that's the gospel it's an unstoppable word it will not stop his words don't return to him void he will get what he seeks after there's no government, there's no woke culture, there's no cancer culture, cancel culture, there's no any new movement on the earth that will stop the gospel of Jesus Christ, period. He's powerful and he's amazing and this thing ends well. The church doesn't squeak out of here. We don't just escape like, oh, we, we got raptured. Like, we end well, a victorious, spotless bride. This thing ends good. There, there is a vis victorious eschatology. We don't limp out of this one, barely escape the wrath of this world. Like, this thing, we are a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. 
The gospel is so unstoppable. I went to Wind Farm Supermax State Penitentiary in Texas once. Huntsville, Texas. And me and Chris Kilala. So super skinny jeans walking through a, a Supermax State Penitentiary, a men's penitentiary. You can imagine what that sounded like. Chris wears super skinny jeans, like super. And I, I couldn't fit my foot in one of them. Huh? He borrowed Lacey's jeans one time. Before we got married, Chris was in the same class as Lacey. And they, they, that was before they made men's skinny jeans. So he just borrowed Lacey's jeans because that was like he was on the, the cutting edge of skinny jean wearing. I love Chris. He's like a brother to me, one of the most wonderful people on the planet. But we walked through Wind Farm State Penitentiary to meet with this group of men who they said had a Bible study in the, in, in the Supermax. So we have to go through like 20 security measures. Like by the time we walked in there, we were stripped down to just fabric, right? Like, we, thank God they let us keep that. <laughs> but we walk in this room and I'm thinking, okay, there's some guys in here that, you know, they've been saved. We walked in the room to guys that were worshiping with everything they had. These guys had Jesus in there, tattooed from here back. I mean, like, the kind of guys that you see in an alley at a dark night, and you just say your prayers because you're like, dear God, here it goes. You know, like, these dudes had gang tattoos everywhere. One guy had a dragon tattoo that started right here and went in his whole entire head, wrapped around his eyes right here. I was like, what the heck? That's crazy. We walk in. These guys love Jesus with everything. One of them was the head of the satanic church for the whole East Coast. The guy with the dragon tattoo on his head. I prophesied him. I didn't know who he was. I prophesied over him. I said, miracles are going to start flowing from your hands in crazy ways. The lame will walk. The blind will see. The deaf will hear. We're prophesying over this guy. I said, there's going to be so many miracles in this prison that they're going to start calling you doc, like doctor, because the miracles that are going to flow through this prison. They said, do you know who this guy is? He was the head of the satanic church for the whole East Coast, like a gang. Like, they would, they would do bad things, right? And he, tough little guy, a little, little, yeah, he, I, I was like, okay, bro, I'm out of your way. Because he was just like, you could tell, that guy did not mess around. Jesus got a hold of his heart. Now he loves Jesus with everything inside of him. You can't, you know, the cover of the book didn't match the inside. Love Jesus with everything inside of him. He, they said, this guy, wherever he goes, he prays for people in the name of Jesus, and they get up out of wheelchairs. Pe new guys coming into the prison will come in with wheelchairs things. He prays for them. They get up and walk. He's like, people call him Doc because of that. And I'm like, what? This is crazy. I talked to the head of the Crips and the Bloods for that massive area. Well, one of the heads of the Crips and the head of the Blood. The head of the Bloods went to prison, and one of the heads of the Crip gang— uh, went to, got transferred, did everything he needed to do to get into Supermax, transferred to Supermax Penitentiary so that he could go there to kill the other guy. His assignment was, I'm going to Wind Farm because I'm going to kill the head of the Bloods. And he heard that the head of the Bloods went to this men's meeting because the head of the Bloods got radically saved in Wind Farm State Penitentiary because there's radical believers in Wind Farm. And he goes to this Bible study. He thought it was just a Bible study. He's like, all right, I'm going to go to the Bible study and I'm going to kill him. That's my assignment. Goes to the Bible study, ends up getting wrecked by the presence of God. And now these two dudes who were enemies, wanted to kill each other, lead the Bible study together. Why am I telling you that story? Because the gospel of Jesus Christ is unstoppable. It is not a matter of talk, the Bible says, but of power. 
You cannot stop the good news. His presence does not stop at security checks. Flows through prison walls, past barbed wire, past guards with machine guns, and into the hearts of men who are prisoners. I can tell you this. I saw more freedom on those men that were behind so many walls and barbed wire and guards following them with machine guns. I saw more freedom on those men in prison than I see in a lot of men in churches every single day. They were free men behind bars. And I see men walk into churches every single day and sit down. I'm not talking about you if you're in here. But I see men walk in and, and they just are powerless because they haven't picked up the fact that you are a son of God. Yeah. You're not here because your wife dragged you in. You're not here to get the certain amount of points to get into heaven. Like you're not here. Okay, I'll be a Christian on Sunday and then I'll go to my job and be. No, you are an ambassador of Christ. You are meant to spread the good. You are meant to be a light in a dark world. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Come on. Darkness will cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. The Bible knows it. This is not a surprise. If you think we're in dark times, good, it's your time to shine then, because the Bible talks about it thousands of years ago. Darkness will cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise upon you. And his glory will be seen upon you. Kings will come to your light and nations to the brightness of your rising. Listen to me. You don't just fill a seat. The Lord is not surprised by darkness in the world. He's surprised by a church that would sit down in the middle of it. Arise, shine. This is an unstoppable, powerful gospel. Well, I don't know, I don't know where to start. I'll tell you where to start. Make yourself available. This is what happens. Uh, I could tell you testimony after testimony after testimony after testimony after testimony of praying for people, not even the miracle side, just praying for people, because I think that that's our, that's our job, and God plays out the rest of it, right? So I just do the part that I'm supposed to do, and he's the miracle worker. That, that's, it takes a lot of stress off me. I don't have to be anointed and all these things, and did I read enough of my word this week, and am I prayed up, and am I, uh, no, I'm a son. I represent my father's house, and my father is good. And I'm just here to introduce his kids to him. So I'm at the farm the other day, uh, and this guy that I hired to do some, uh, depending on where you're at in this world, brush hogging or bush hogging, whatever you call it, good for you. Found that one out. Uh, I hired him. He's an old cowboy. And I hired him to brush hog part of our property. And he comes, old cowboy in his cowboy boots, and just one of the nicest dudes on the planet. Just such a nice guy. And I'm walking around the property, kind of showing him the different spots that we're trying to get whacked down before it gets out of control again. And uh, we're walking back to his truck, and he's walking, and this is what happens. He's walking next to me, and he goes like this. And just stops. And I'm like, what's up? <laughs> you know, kind of, it was a little weird. I said, what's up? And he goes, oh, my leg just decides to stop working sometimes. I'm like, oh, man, why does it do that? And he said, oh, I think it's my back. I'm like, have you ever got it checked out? What's going on with it? He's like, no, nah, I, don't, I don't go to the doctor. So he's sitting there, knelt down like this. He's like, no, nah, I don't go to the doctor. He says, from 50 years of riding a tractor. One of the nicest old black gentlemen, just so nice. He, he, the, one of the coolest conversations I had with him, just talking about the property, and he's just so uh, encouraging. He'd just go, wow, wow. That was what he said most of the conversation. Wow, wow, daggum, wow. 
And I was like, this is one of the greatest conversations I've ever had with a, another person in my life. He's just so happy. And, but he kneels down like this. And I said, well, let me pray for you, man. This is our natural. This isn't something we work ourselves up to. There's not a pressure for you to perform and do this. It's, this is just our natural, okay? It's the kingdom inside of you. The kingdom of this world will become the kingdom of our God. And my, my job is just to be a light. I'm not here to be a miracle worker. I'm not here to do all this stuff. I'm not here to be fantastic. I'm not here to get notches on my belt. of like, oh, yeah, well, this happened when I... I'm just here to be a son and share the love. And so I said, let me pray for you. He said, you go ahead and do that. Because he didn't realize what I meant. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no. What you don't understand is we're going for it right now, right here at the farm. Yeah, you're a tough old cowboy, but listen, bro, like, love is my thing. So this is just going to happen. And so he's like, yeah, you go ahead. And I said, oh, I want to pray for you right now. And he goes, okay. And I said, well, give me your hand. Because I'm like, we're not just going to do this, like, quaint little, nice little church prayer. Like, we're, we, I want to see you get healed or at the very least experience the love that God has for you right now. And so I said, give me your hand. And he reaches out his bear claw hand. Man, this guy had hands that he, he could probably take the lug nuts off of car with just his hands like they were like you could tell this this man worked his his whole life and and he was tough he reached his hand out and I was like dear god so I held this man's hand he's tough as nails and I held his hand right there in the driveway of our farm and I prayed a prayer and I started off by thank lord thank you so much for your son his name was Lewis but he went by bone bone redding and uh Lewis redding and so I said thank you so much for your son Lewis God, I thank you that you love him more than my words could ever describe. And I just started to pour out the love of the Father. He just sat there and took it in. Prayed for him and just prayed for his back and his leg. And God, you know what's going on in there. So Lord, we just speak healing over the muscles and whatever else is going on, the joints and everything in his back, whatever it is. 50 years of working hard, Lord. Heal this man's back and show him that you love him so much. I get done praying for the guy, and, and this is what I see. Thanks. Thanks. Daggum. <laughs> you know, just a little like that. And he says, okay, well, I'll come out on a, maybe in the next couple of weeks on a Saturday or Sunday. And uh, I'll, uh, <laughs> it was on a Friday and he never told me a price. I never got a price from him. I'm like, tell me a price. And when you can come do it, I'll unlock the gate. He didn't even have me unlock the gate. He drove his tractor up over the side hill and came out there when I wasn't even there and brush hogged the whole thing and still hasn't told me a price yet. And I'm like, I don't know if he's scared to get back around me because I might pray for him again or he's just so thankful that he's not telling me or what. But I got to get a hold of Bone because like, listen, man, I'm going to pay you and I'm going to pray for you again because this is just what we do. So if you're like, I don't know where to start, make yourself available. This is what happens. If you've ever shopped for a car, you don't see those cars anywhere, but then when you set your mind on a certain car, all of a sudden they're everywhere. Everywhere you go, that car, you park next to it in the parking lot, you're like, oh my gosh, there it is. And then you're like, oh, I want one in black. And now all of a sudden all you see is that car in black everywhere you go. And you're like, I want one with black leather interior too. And now all you see is that one in black with black leather interior. They were always there. Those cars were always there. People didn't go out and mysteriously, supernaturally buy that car so you would see it everywhere and you're like, thank you, Lord, you just keep showing me the confirmation of my heart that I'm going to get that car. No, those cars were already there. You just didn't have eyes to see them because you weren't looking for them. Make yourself available and God will bring those people to you. Like you will be walking with people and they will do this. Why? Because you are the solution. You are the light of the world. You can't be hidden. 
No one puts you under a basket. Nobody puts baby in the corner. You're the light of the world. Arise, shine, for your light has come. And you get to do it in your way. You don't have to look like anybody else. You make yourself available, and you will start seeing the need around you. And it's simple. Sometimes it looks like carrying someone's groceries out because you're strong, and they look like it's a hard thing for them to do, and you go, let me help you with that. And, and I end those things with a simple, God bless you. My father-in-law's dad used to say to me every single time he saw me, right, well, the first time I met him, he'd say, I love you and God loves you. And so now that, that meant a lot to me because he didn't even know me. It was such a nice thing to say. So now I'll say that to people. I love you and God loves you. Why? Because it, it impacted my heart. And it's such a simple little sentence, but it means a lot to people. So start where you're at. Do what you can. Be kind to people and let them know God loves you so much. It's a simple thing to say. It's a great exchange between a Christian and another person because not a lot of great exchanges happen between Christians and other people these days. Most of them happen on Facebook, right? Like, oh, well, let me tell you a little something about the truth then. What would it look like if we put down our keyboards, walked out of this church, and we became the light of the world in simple ways in everything we do, and it's praying for Lewis, or it's carrying somebody's groceries, or holding the door for somebody, and all of a sudden, we bring the kindness of humanity back in the name of Jesus. And, and miracles happen, and prophetic word, come on. Miracles happen and prophetic words happen and things like that happen. But what if we just went out going, I represent the kingdom. And I'm going to start where I'm at. And my house is full of good water. And I'm going to let it flow to the people around me. And I'm going to be a sign and a wonder because all the miracles that have happened in church, I love them. But how fantastic is it that God is not bound to a building? He gets through prison walls. He gets out on the streets. I remember I just came up on my Facebook. We were in Atlanta um, years ago. And this guy, we went to the Tabernacle, which is this place. We heard that Amy Simple McPherson used to hold healing services at the Tabernacle in Atlanta, Georgia. And we went there, and we were outside the Tabernacle. And we were like, we want to have meetings here one day. Dude walks by, and I said, hey, man, what's up? How are you doing? Right when I said that, I saw in my mind a picture of his ears light up red. And he said, oh, I'm good. Well, he was deaf in his right ear. I said, what's going on with your ear, man? Take a chance. What's he going to say? Nothing. Okay, cool. Why'd you say that? I don't know. Or I, well, I just thought, you know, the Lord just shows me pictures sometimes, and I saw your ear light up red in my mind. I don't know what it meant, so I was going to ask you. No, nothing's wrong with my ear. You know, that's, what's the worst that can happen? And so he says, why you ask? And I said, oh, I... When, you, when you, you said, what's up, I just saw a picture in my mind. Sometimes the Lord speaks to me through pictures. He said, who? I said, God. He's like, and I saw your ear light up red. What's going on with your ear? He said, I'm deaf in that ear. And I said, well, let's pray for your ear, man. I think the Lord wants to heal it. But I'm like, what do I have to lose, really? Like, he's walking by deaf one way or the other. Like, he's, he, this is not changing anything for him if he doesn't get healed. It's not changing anything for me. But if I step out, what if? And my job is just to be obedient. So pray for this guy, and his ear pops open right there on the streets of Atlanta. Homeless guy. Ear pops open on the streets of Atlanta. He starts talking to us. He doesn't have anybody to talk to. Streets of Atlanta, rough place to be homeless. No one to talk to. He'd been there for 18 months. Lost a job that he was supposed to have moving there, and now he's out on the streets. No one to talk to. So we just start talking to him. I said, you hungry? This is simple. Are you hungry? He says, yeah, I'm real hungry. I said, there's a subway right there. Want to go get lunch? He's like, I don't have any money. I said, well, you're in luck. I got just enough. 
And so we go to Subway. We sit down. Well, we get in line, and he's like, all right, well, I said, what do you want? He's like, I'll take one of those four-inch turkeys special today. I'm like, no way. I said, you're bigger than me. I'm getting a foot long. Get, get what you want. He's like, oh, okay, maybe a six-inch. I'm like, get a foot long. Get a foot long. Tell him what you want on it. Get what you want on it. I'm not, listen, how many opportunities are you going to have like this? Get a foot long. He's like, fine. And then he, I'm like, you want some chips? He's like, oh, I'm like, get some chips. Okay, I'll take the jalapeno chips. I'm like, I get the same ones, man. I'm like, now get a cookie. He's like, really? Oh, yeah, give me one of those chocolate chips. He's like, and I'm like, you want two? Because he was looking at the white chocolate macadamia nut one, too. I'm like, get get some cookies, man. He's like, oh, all right. And then they're like two for three. I'm like, I don't want a cookie. You get them all. He's like, oh, I'll take two of those white chocolate macadamia nuts and that chocolate chip. And I'm like, all right, now what drink do you want? And he's like, man. He gets a drink. We sit down at the table, and the guy just starts pouring out his heart and telling me his story. You know, he told me, he, tears in his eyes. Grown man. Lives on the street. Grown men don't cry to each other. I mean, in church we do. <laughs> but it's not normal out on the streets. Sits down and starts crying. You know what the greatest thing to him? Not his ear getting healed. Not, not someone buying him lunch. He said the great. this makes me emotional. Whew. The greatest thing to this man was someone sat down and took the time to eat with him. He's like, people throw me food. I get food. People throw me food, and they walk away. You sat down and had lunch with me. You, he told me, you broke bread with me. That's Jesus right there. Jesus sat down and broke bread with people. Listen to me. This stuff is easy. Be a support to the people around you. Don't be afraid to say the name Jesus when you do it. You're not going to offend people by being nice. And if you offend them by being nice, you offended the right thing in them. You agitated something in them that is causing them to answer some serious questions in their heart because you were being nice and they got upset about that. Okay, look, I am not above offending you for the good news, right? I, I'm okay with doing that. I'm not going to do it on purpose. I am not an agitator. I am not someone who's looking to offend you. But if me being kind in the name of Jesus offends you, then more power to that because that's going to stir something in you that you and God need to answer those questions, right? So that's fine with me. But I will be kind every time. I will carry that bag of dog food to your car because I can do it. I can afford it. I will buy you lunch if I have money, right? <laughs> like, this is what's going to happen. I will pray for you every time God highlights something to you. And if he doesn't highlight it and you do this, when you're walking next to me, guess what? I'm going to pray for you. If you say no, that's fine with me. Bummer for you, but it's fine with me. I, at least I offered. This stuff is simple. So what does go look like? Go, like the word God, two-thirds of the word God is go. A massive portion of this Christian walk, this Christian life, is not to be stingy with what he puts in you. Freely you've received, so freely give, right? You didn't pay money for this vehicle. Freely you received, so freely give. Knowing that he doesn't just give a little to you, he keeps pouring out on you, so you don't have to play the I only have so much game. You get to freely give everything that he gives to you, knowing that he's still giving to you while it's given to them. I was in, I'm going to end with this because we need, we need to be done. I can talk about this forever. I'm going to end with this. Uh, I was at a Jesus Culture tour. We were in Hollywood, and we were at the Hollywood Palladium, which is like a very cool venue, historic venue in Hollywood. Uh, so cool that we got, I got to speak at the Hollywood Palladium. That was just so fun, right? Well, what, what had happened was um, the thing that happened Prince, yes, the artist formerly known as Prince, uh, Prince 
decided the night before that he was just going to throw an impromptu concert there for his fans that were on his little secret fan page. So he, an hour before, tells them, I'm going to be at the Hollywood Palladium. Everybody that wants to come, come on. So Prince throws a concert there, and we get there, and I'm on the stage, and the stage is covered in black and purple sparkles because Prince likes... uh, Purple and black, yeah. Prince likes the whatever that, what is sparkle, the, you know. Glitter, yes, glitter. That stuff is infectious, man. It'll get in and on and through, and you cannot shower it off. I didn't even, I wasn't there for Prince, and I was covered in glitter. By the time I got up there, my face was sparkly. I'm like, dear God, they, they just had that. And I was thinking, wow, Prince just had a show here. That's wild. And I was backstage, and I was getting ready to go up and speak, and I had a little message ready, and the Lord screamed in my face. He said, Scott, got my attention. What? And he said, I want my kids back. And I could feel the emotion in his heart when he said it. I want my kids back. The entire Bible is a story of a father pursuing his kids. He wants his kids back. And he's not stepping out of heaven to go, hey, hey, everybody. He does it through family. He's looking at you. And he's like, you're the light of the world. Your life's not meant to be hidden. We can't put you under the basket. And I want you to hear the words of the Father right now. I want my kids back. This this is our great responsibility as lovers and believers, as sons and daughters, to be the light of the world, to walk out of this place and be the good news to people around us. Sunday should not be the lowest tipping day for servers. And it is. Because the Christians go out to eat. Sundays should overflow with generosity. Why? Not because generosity is something we do, because generosity is who we are. Because our family, our kingdom family, is a generous family. It's a family that looks at the kid in the gutter and goes, I choose you. You're a golden arrow, straight and true. Our Father's generous. So let's be generous with this light and with this love. And it's scary, and sometimes it feels uncomfortable. Welcome to the club. I never really feel totally comfortable with it. Sometimes it's awkward. Sometimes I'm like, I don't really want to ask if that person wants prayer. You know what I have to do? I have to put myself behind myself. I have to tell me, get behind me. In the words of Lacey, it's not about you. This thing's not about you. Yes, God's about you, but this thing's not about you. It's about him, and he's greater, and he's better, and he deserves it. And Jesus deserves the reward of his suffering. So when I walk out of these doors, Lord, let me be a light. Here I am. Send me. Matt's got a tattooed on his arm. Are tattoos, is that okay in the kingdom? I'm just joking. Here I am, send me. Make yourself available. Change your perspective. Start looking for it. You look for that car with black leather interior and black, and you'll park next to it nine times out of ten. It's the weirdest thing ever. It was always there. Make yourself available. The need is there. People are crying out for someone's attention. People are crying out for someone to hear their story. People are hurting alone. One of the worst things, hurting alone. They just need someone to walk next to them sometimes. Someone to pick them up a little bit. Someone to go, here, come on. Someone to tell them, I see greatness in you. Someone to look with prophetic eyes past all the dirt and pull out the jewels. Right? The world is waiting for us. The nations are his inheritance. God wants his kids back. Can you stand with me?
fun part is you do this long enough and the testimonies just flow. Like not everybody that we pray for gets healed. Not everybody that we talk to receives it well. But I'll tell you, I've been doing this for 20 years and I could, we could stay here all day long and I could tell you testimony after testimony after testimony of radical things that have happened. Why? Because we just, we just keep doing it. You just keep doing it and these things just happen. Like be kind to people and watch how they open up in front of you. Encourage people and watch how they want to be around you more. And they want to know, what is it about you? There's a light inside of you. What is it? Oh, you're just looking at what's in yourself. It's been placed there since the beginning of time. You just didn't know it existed yet. God wants his kids back. We get to be a light to this world. We get to be kindness to this world. We get to be everything that the love chapter says that love is. Not self-seeking, not self-serving. I guarantee if it was a time, the time and place for it, it would say not keyboard jockeys. <laughs> not argumentative online, not trying to beat people over the head with the truth. The truth's supposed to set you free, not condemn you. We get to be that. We get to be love. We get to be kindness. I'm not perfect at it, but I'm giving it my best go. I'm going to go down swinging at the plate, if anything. Even though you're Ohio State fans, even though in a, in a moment with God, I bring that up. You are assigned to this, I would say city, but three cities, right? There's three of them around here. Tip and Troy and Dayton and whatever else is around here. You are assigned in a wonder. You are fearfully and wonderfully created. You are meant to shine. Your light has already come. We're not waiting for it. Arise, shine, for your light has come. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. There's darkness in the world. Fine, whatever. But light is always the answer to darkness. You don't flip on the light in a room and hope that light wins. When the light comes on, it's no longer dark in the room. We don't fight darkness. You don't have to. Darkness is like bringing a knife to a nuclear weapon fight. You carry the light of the world, the almighty God. There's no might left for anything else. This gospel is unstoppable. It's powerful. It's in you and on you and through you. God, give us eyes to see. Give us ears to hear. God, like Elijah's servant, he said they surround us. Elijah said, open his eyes, God, that he would see. He looks and there's chariots of fire on all the hills around him. God, show us what it is to live in a place of power that we would see what you're up to instead of being so overwhelmed by darkness, we would be inspired by the light and the movement of heaven in this world. God, show us that you are up to good right now. You are moving in our cities and in our states. You're moving even in our government, God. Wow. You're up to good things. I thank you, God, that, that heaven is covert in so many ways. You are moving. And you are setting things up. And you have been setting the stage. And you're just patiently waiting for your kids to realize who they are. So, Father, here we are. If you're with me this morning, then I, I want you just to give them, just make yourself available to them, whatever that looks like to you. It could look like raising your hands. It could look like you saying, here I am, God. It could look like, send me. God, open my eyes to see the things that you've placed around, whatever it is in your own way. If you're with me this morning, then let's make ourselves available to heaven right now. That we wouldn't just let this be a Sunday service and then we walk out and go to lunch or do whatever we needed to do. 
that this would truly be a setting of our feet on a path of being who we are always called to be. Jesus, you are good. There's not one person left out of this. God, you don't play the, the anointing game. Oh, that person's anointed, that person's not. These are all sons and daughters. And Father, we thank you that every single person in here is a light. If you're in here this morning and you're like, you know what, I've never actually, I came, but I've never actually given my life to Jesus. I've never truly followed him. Well, guess what? You're in the right place. Because this family right here loves well. This group of people will celebrate you. <laughs> they'll, they'll scream and holler for you. <laughs> like, they, this is a good family right here. So when I'm done talking forever like I have been, you can come up at the end. There will be, I guarantee it, there will be a line of people up here that are just here to pray for you. You can come up and tell them, like, hey, I've never really done this Christian thing, but sounds good to me. And this group of people up here, one of them will pray for you, and they'll walk you through that, and they'll talk with you. You're in the right place. So don't leave. When I'm done, come on up here. Get some prayer. If you feel like, you know what, I've been, my light has been shut off for so long, I don't even know how to flip it back on. Okay, well, get, get some prayer. You're in the right place at the right time. You came. God set you up. You thought you were just coming to church. God's like, gotcha. Don't deny yourself the right to be who you've always been called to be. There's a power and a light inside of you that's meant to shine bright. Your realest, truest, clearest self. And it's awesome, and it's amazing, and it's fun. So Jesus, I bless every single person in here. God, I thank you that your love for them can't be quenched. It's a fire that cannot be put out. It's all consuming. It's all good. You're crazy about them, Lord. And let that be the reality in their hearts and minds today, God. Let them see and know the love that you have for them, God. Call them out of the shadows if that's where they're at, Lord. And let them see that you are a father who is for his kids. And God, if you're for us, then who can be against us? God, you are good. And right now today, we receive your goodness. Lord, show us what it is to spread that goodness to everyone around us. Show us what it is to shift ourselves in the workplace. I'm no longer one who blends in, but I'm a light to this place. They may have known you on Saturday as the guy or the lady who was like this or like that, but when you go back on Monday, they know you now as light. You can change who you were to them. Jesus, thank you for the ability to be a light to this world. Thank you that we get to go. We worship and we grow, and when we walk out of these doors, we go. We go into all the world. In Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. All right. Somebody take this from me before I keep talking.